0: Welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is John Tefteller, your host. It is Tuesday and time for comedy, drama, and variety. And last week we had comedy with Stan Freeberg. And this week we're going to have comedy again. This, this particular show was chosen by my producer. It's an episode of Jack Benny from January 29th, 1946, the very first show of 1946. For a little background on Jack Benny, Jack Benny started in radio, well, he started in vaudeville way early on, and then transitioned to radio in about 1931, 32. By 1946, he'd been on the air for 15 years, so he was very, very well-known Sunday afternoon entertainment on radio. The show went through a bunch of different formats and changes and really, to me, didn't hit its stride until about the time we're going to be listening to here. Most of the ones I've heard from the period of 1948 to to the early 50s, have been all things that I think are, are pretty darn good. This is 46, and this is just at the beginning of that, so I don't know that I've ever heard this. It, it, we'll see how it, how it goes, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty good, because Jack Benny's characters and the characters on the show were very well-developed and well-defined by this point, and I think... Uh, You'll be able to figure out who's who and what's what and get some enjoyment out of it. Uh, you'll also get some pitches to Smokey Lucky Strike cigarettes, which I hope you'll ignore. So here we go. January, four, January not January, September 29, 1946, the Jack Benny Program. The Jack
1: Benny Program. Quality of product is essential to continuing success. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. LSMFT, LSMFT, LSMFT. Yes, sir. You said it. In a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Year after year. today, tomorrow, always, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Year after year, at auction after auction, independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. This fine Lucky Strike tobacco means real deep-down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed. So free and easy on the draw. At
2: 50... <laughs> 60, 60, 60, American.
3: Just sit there, Benny, and keep your trap shut.
4: Yeah, one false move and we'll slug you. But fellas, please, untie me. My program is on. I should be there. I'll lose my job if I miss my first broadcast. You're gonna
3: miss them all, Benny. What? You ain't gonna drive us nuts anymore. For 15 years, we've been listening to that, hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. Well, we've had enough of it, see? Yeah,
4: let's bump them off.
3: No, no,
5: no,
4: no. Please, please don't kill me. I don't want to die. Spare my life. I'll make it worth your while. I'll give you each $10. Please, please,
6: fellas,
3: don't, don't kill me. Go ahead, Joe. Let him have it. Wait a minute. We ain't had no fun. Let's torture him first. Okay. I'll burn him with my cigarette. No, 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 no. no don't burn me. Don't burn me. Don't. What kind of a
6: cigarette?
3: <laughs> a lucky strike. Okay. Burn me.
4: <laughs> burn me where it'll show. After all, lucky strikes are made of the light that night. That's fine. That naturally mild I light. Let go of my tongue. <laughs> What's the matter with you guys, anyway?
3: All right, Joe, we've stalled long enough. Lift him out of their chair and lay him on a table. Okay, but I want to do a neat job on this guy. Hand me my rubber gloves. Uh-huh. Here. No, hey, no, fellas, don't, don't kill me. Don't. I'll make it $11. I mean it. <laughs> ready, <laughs> ready. Knife, knife. Axe, axe. Poison. poison, poison. Rope, rope. Knife, knife. You've got that already. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> Please, fellas. <laughs> gun, gun. Bullet, bullet. bullet. Atomic bomb.
5: Atomic bomb. What? Give it to him. <laughs> Wake up!
2: Wake up! Ah! Oh! Wake up! Ah! Huh? What?
4: Oh. Oh, it's you, Rochester.
6: Yeah.
4: Gee. see what a nightmare I just had. I was with two fellas, two of them. What a horrible dream.
5: Did you get stuck with the check again? No, no, nothing like that.
4: I dreamt I was held captive by a couple of thugs they were going to keep me from going back on the air. He was terrible.
5: It must have been, boss. You look pale. Sick. Let me see your tongue. Hmm, uh, fingerprints. That's
4: funny. There shouldn't be. You wore rubber gloves.
5: What'd you say?
4: Oh, nothing, nothing. You weren't there.
5: Doggone, boss, that sure must have been a realistic dream. Look how you thrashed around in the bed. Yeah. You even pulled an arm off your teddy bear.
4: (laughs) Oh, darn it. I've had it ever since I was 30. What a nightmare. Seems like I always dream like that before an opening broadcast. Well... I better start getting dressed. Out, Rochester! I told you to shorten my nightgown.
5: <laughs>
4: Why didn't you? I
5: was going to, boss, but I hate to cut those rosebuds off the bottom.
6: <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs> well, get the car, Rochester, and as soon as I get dressed, we'll go to the studio.
5: Yes, sir. <laughs>
4: Drive carefully, Rochester. I'm nervous. You know how it is before an opening broadcast.
5: What are you worrying about, boss? You've been on the radio 15 years. Well... If they ain't found out by now, they ain't never gonna find out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I guess not, nah, but take it easy anyway. I don't want to have a lot of... Rochester! When you come to an intersection, blow your horn.
5: I can't. The rubber bulb is broken. Well,
4: then put it in your mouth and blow it.
5: But Trilla won't let me.
4: Well, anyway, here we are at NBC. Want to come in and watch the show, Rochester?
5: No, thanks, boss. I'll sit here and listen to it on the radio.
4: Okay. The earphones are in the glove compartment.
5: (laughs) Here's the key. Good luck, boss.
4: Thanks. Take back your samba. Hi, your rumba. Hi, your conga. Hi, hi, yi, yi. Take back your samba. I beg your
3: pardon, Mr. Benny. Yes? Uh, May I have your autograph, please?
4: My autograph? Certainly.
3: Uh, Would you mind signing it in this pail
4: of water? I want to try out my new pen. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, just a minute. I'll pull up my sleeve. There you are. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, back your rumba hi, your samba hi. Gee, those pens are becoming popular. Maybe I ought to do some jokes about them on my program. Nah, the public isn't ready for it yet.
6: <laughs>
4: hey, back your samba hi. your rumba high. Your kanga high. Hiya, Don. Well,
7: hello, Jack. Well, <laughs> well, well, hello.
4: Well done. We'll be on the air in a few minutes. Yes, sir. How does it feel getting back in the groove again, Jack? Well, to tell you the truth, uh, Don, I'm a little excited. I mean, I feel good, but I'm, I don't know, I got a nervous stomach.
7: I know just how you feel, Jack. I I got a nervous stomach, too.
4: Well, you're just about 30 inches more nervous than I am. (laughs) (laughs) But
6: you'll
4: be all right. See, Don, have you got everything all set for your part of the program? You know, just the way you want it? I
7: sure have, Jack. And I took the liberty of hiring a quartet to work with me during the commercials.
4: A quartet? For the commercial?
7: Oh, I knew that you'd like novel. it. So I'll tell you what I did, Jack. I put them under contract for eight weeks, and it will cost you only $500 a week. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Why, yes. I mean, yes, yes. <laughs> but, Don, that quartet must be sensational for that kind of money. Oh, you know? they are, Jack. This will start a new style in radio talking commercials with a big vocal background. You'll be crazy about it. I know, but $500
4: a week for eight weeks. Well,. It's as good as you say, Don. It might be worth it. Uh, how much time we got before we go on the air?
7: Oh, well, about five minutes.
4: Well, have the orchestra warm up. I'll be right up.
7: Okay. Take
4: back your samba. Hi, your rumba. Hi, your conga. Mm, $500 for a quartet. Hi, yi, yi. <laughs> I can't keep moving. Hi, my chassis. Hi,
6: any longer. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry.
7: Everybody stand by. Take it, boys. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it has been said that Jack Benny has made more people laugh than any other comedian who ever lived. And now we bring you the man who said it, Jack Benny! Thank
4: you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, for our first show, that was a very nice introduction, but I, I wish you wouldn't make people think that I'm conceited enough to say that I made more people laugh than any other comedian. (laughs) I mean, it's true, but I didn't say it. (laughs) Well, Don, here I am starting my 50th, my 15th year... (laughs) My 15th year in radio. And Don, just think, for 13
7: of those years, You've been with me I know, Jack And I'll always be grateful Why, when I started out with you 13 years ago I I was just a little nobody And look at me today A big fat (laughs) slob
6: Oh,
4: don't thank me, Don I'd have done the same for anybody (laughs) And Don, the nice part of our association Is that it's always been so pleasant and happy I mean, I don't know I like just being around you Especially when you laugh. You know, I haven't heard you laugh for 17 weeks. Go ahead, Don, laugh. Oh, no, no, Jack, you, you better come think. on,
6: Don, come on, laugh. Oh. Come on. <laughs> no, come on. No, laugh some more. Come on,
3: Don. No, Don, hard. Real hard. Harder, Don, harder.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, how do
7: you?
4: Now, to you people sitting in the audience, if you ever want to get in here again, that's what I mean.
6: <laughs> and, Don, I
4: know it's a little early in the show, but I want to hear this idea you have for the commercial, you know, with the quartet. You know, after all, it's $500. I'm, are the boys ready?
7: Oh, yes, they're still rehearsing, but they'll be here in just a few minutes.
4: Good, good. I can... Oh, well, hello, Mary.
8: Hello, Jack. Hello, Don. Hello, Don. <laughs>
4: I haven't seen you in four months. Let me look at you. Gee, you look swell. You look wonderful. Different. What have you done to yourself?
8: Well, Jack, this summer I really took it easy and I gained 12 pounds.
4: 12 pounds. Let me look at you again. Hmm. Yes, sir. Hmm. 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 And your face looks fuller, too. <laughs> Come here, Mary Come here, let me see If I can still get my arm around
8: you. Oh, Jack, don't be so silly Now, come here, Mary Come here,
4: Jack He's got you now Oh, Jack,
8: now stop it Ooh, you're so strong Come here,
4: come here Give me a kiss
8: Jack, you're hurting me Where'd you get those muscles?
4: Eastern Columbia Broadway at night <laughs> Now, come on It's a swell department store Come here, Mary Come on, now Give me a kiss A nice big one. Oh, huh? all
8: right, all oh, right Come on
4: up. There
8: Gee, what a kiss What's come over you?
4: I don't know. I'm nervous. Maybe it's the quiver you like. <laughs> <laughs>
6: anyway,
8: Mary, wait,
4: Mary, Mary uh, tell me, what did you do all summer?
8: Well, I worked most of the time. I got laryngitis and made a lot of money.
4: Uh, you got laryngitis and made a lot of What did you do?
8: I tiptoed into radio studios
7: and whispered Martha Ivers.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
8: oh, was that
7: you? Saint Mary... Mary, you glad to be back on the program again?
8: I sure am.
7: I am, too. But you know, Mary,
4: I must admit I'm a little nervous about the opening show.
8: Jack, if you think you're nervous, what about Phil Harris? He has two opening shows today.
4: Well, as a rule, I'm not... (coughs) What? (laughs) What did you
8: say? Uh, Phil has two opening shows, yours and the Fitch bandwagon. He has his own program.
4: Phil has his own program? (laughs) Gee, I didn't know that. Hmm. That's gratitude for you. The least he could have done is let me know. Could have dropped me a postcard. I
8: called
6: you up.
4: No, my phone's disconnected during the summer.
6: <laughs>
4: hmm, his own program. Phil. Gosh, what in the world can Phil do for a full half hour?
8: I don't know, but if he adds two more choruses to That's What I Like About the
4: South, he's in. <laughs> I can't get over it. So Phil has his own program. Do you mind? Of course not. I'd like to see people get ahead. I want everyone to be a success. In fact, I'd even like to see Dennis Day get his own show. He has. What? <laughs> Mary, did I hear you correctly?
8: If that thing in your ear is connected, you did. <laughs> Mary, this is...
4: Mary, this is no time to be funny. You're kidding about Dennis, aren't
8: you? No, he starts his own program Thursday night for Colgate. You're not mad, are you?
4: Well, of course I'm not mad. To be in fine shape if I let little things like that bother me. What do you think keeps me looking so young and strong?
8: Eastern Columbia, Broadway at nine. <laughs> I mean,
4: besides that. Anyway, with me, it's just a matter of principle, that's all. If Bill and Dennis feel that they can go on their own shows and get laughs, it's, say, it's, it's all right with me. I don't care. Say, perhaps the little chicks feel that the that the nest that I built is too small, and not they, That they no longer need the sheltering wing of the mother hen. If
8: you lay an egg, I'm gonna punch you right in the nose.
7: <laughs> Mary, I was just well, being... Well, Jack, Jack, we can do the commercial now. The quartet's
4: ready. Oh, good, good. Mary, I want you to hear this. This is the new commercial Don thought of with a quartet behind it. I got him tied up for eight weeks at $500 a week. Go ahead, Don, let's hear it.
7: Okay, ready, boys? Let's go ls mft ls mft yes sir you bet lucky strike means fine tobacco yes lucky strike means fine tobacco (laughs) yes ladies and gentlemen in a cigarette it's the tobacco that counts and lucky strike means fine tobacco so round so firm so fully packed so free and easy on the draw
6: Lucky Strike's are made of that
7: fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. So for real deep-down smoking enjoyment, smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. For this, I'm paying
6: $500? Yes,
7: ladies and gentlemen, quality of product is essential to continuing success, and Lucky Strike means fine tobacco.
4: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don, is that all? Yes. For that, I'm paying $500 a week for eight weeks? Stand aside, Don. I want to talk to this quartet. Listen, fellas, if you think I'm going to pay you $500 a week just for that, you're crazy. Mm. Now, cut that out. Get out of here. Don, I thought you had something to... Hiya,
3: Jackson. Hello, folks. Don't feel low. You'll soon hear Harris on his very own show. And
6: hallelujah. Yes, sir. Lay the beautiful old program applause on me. Leave me know it. Make
4: me know it. Phil.
6: <laughs>
4: Phil, Mary told me all about it. And I'd like to have a little talk with you about your own show. Sorry, Jack, I ain't using those
6: stooges. (laughs) I don't want
4: to talk to you about that. Yet. I only want to know one thing. You've been with me for nine years. Why did you go out and take another show? M-O-N-E-Y. (laughs)
6: M-O-N-E-Y. So
4: that's why, eh? Well, that's the trouble with you, Phil. All you think about is money. Women and money Well, I don't know of a better parlay Do you, Bub?
6: <laughs>
4: mm, I knew I didn't have that nightmare for nothing Hello, Donzie Oh, hello, Phil Hiya, Libby Hello,
8: Phil You look great, doesn't he,
4: Jack? Yeah, yeah, he looks well.
8: Did you go away for the summer, Phil? Yeah,
4: I sure did, Libby We were there, just the two of us And we really had a wonderful time Just the two of you? Who'd you go with? Ray Milan
6: oh. <laughs> You
4: and Ray Milan? Yeah, we lost all of July and part of August <laughs> Of all the good you're going to do me, you're going to lose September and October too. Now, now, Mister Benny, please don't be facetious. Oh, fine, But, so, Phil, where'd you get a word like that? My uncle died and left
1: it to me. Oh, congratulations! But you know, Jackson is mighty good to see the old gang again, and I can't begin to say who are these four guys. Hmm. I
4: told you to get out of here. Quartet, <laughs> five hundred dollars. Eight weeks yet. Where's Dennis? It's time for a song. He's not here yet.
8: Well, I saw him this morning. He was going to rehearse for his own program.
4: His own program, his own program. What should I do with my program?
8: No coaching from the audience. Oh. Okay.
4: <laughs> well, I'm gonna call Dennis's house and find out why he's not here. Operator, operator.
9: Oh, Mabel, what is it, Gatesfield? flashing. It must be Mr. Benny. Oh, yeah. I wonder what Notorious wants now. <laughs> I'll find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. Who? Dennis Day. I'll try and get him for you. Gee, Mabel, don't it feel strange getting back to work after vacation? I'll say, but I really enjoyed myself. I spent two lovely weeks at Lake Winnipahakamooka and the pines. <laughs> It sure was invigorating. Where did you go, Gertrude? I spent my two weeks in the mountains at Ginsburg's rest. And what did you do? Ginsburg let me alone, so I rested. Now, Gertrude, I had a wonderful time. Every day I went swimming. Look, here's a picture of me in my bathing suit. Oh, boy, what a picture. Doesn't even look like you. Where'd you get those beautiful curves? Eastern Columbia, Broadway at nine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you know?
4: Operator, operator.
9: Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Benny. Dennis Day does not answer.
4: Okay. How do you like that? <laughs> it's a fine program. You think at least everybody in my cast would show up on time? Who's late, Mr. Benny? Dennis Day. Should've been here an hour ago. Why don't you call him? I did, I just tried... Dennis, where have you been? <laughs> Dennis, I just tried to get you on the phone to find out that why you... Hey, wait a minute, kid. You're soaking wet. Is it raining, out? Huh? No, a man asked me, me, me for my autograph and I fell in. <laughs> To be so nervous. It's not your own show yet, you know. That's <laughs> get nervous on your own show.
6: <laughs>
4: Listen, Dennis, there's something I want to talk to you about. Why did you go out and get your own program without consulting me? Well, and after all I've done for you, I found you when you were just a kid. I groomed you for radio. I gave you your big chance. I let you sing on the air every Sunday. I've been doing this for you, kid, for for eight years. Now, why did you go out and take another show? I was hungry. (laughs) (laughs) You silly boy. Why didn't you tell me you were hungry?
8: Yeah, Mother Hen Benny could have laid you a couple of eggs.
4: (laughs) Mary, this is no time to be facetious. Now, Dennis, Phil, stop taking bows. I knew that word before you did.
8: (laughs) It before
4: Webster did. Yes, yes, all right. Now, Dennis, I want to tell you something. And, Phil, this goes for you, too. You can all have your own shows if you want to. If necessary, I'll get myself a new cast, new people. People who can get laughs, like, like the mad Russian, like Senator Claghorn. Somebody, I said somebody, said Claghorn. I said it, and I'm going to get... Done out Listen, with it, son, out with it. I'm going Your get... mouth wide open, but your tongue's on not Look, the... I'm going to get...
3: That's why you can't express yourself. Harold, that is. Oh, what's the use <laughs> What's the
4: use? This is a fine how do you do? How do you do,
3: Dennis?
6: Stop it! (laughs) Now listen, I meant
4: what I said, and that goes for everybody here, and you four guys too. Mm. Oh, for heaven's sake! (laughs) Go ahead and sing, Dennis. I'm going home. Come on, Mary. I'll drive you home.
2: And the rain, for its lovely promise won't come true. Each is own, to each is own, and my own is you. What good is a song if the words just don't belong? And a dream must be a dream for two. No good at all. Oh, they'll never know.
4: Take it easy, Rochester. Nice song Dennis picked for his first show. To each his own show. fine (laughs) Fine season I'm gonna have. Phil's got his own show, Dennis has his own show. I don't know why they had to go out and get their own programs anyway.
8: Well, Jack, what are you so mad at them for? Don Wilson has four shows and you're not mad at him.
4: He pays me commission. Rochester, leave Miss Livingston off first and then take me home. Yes, sir. And take it easy, Rochester, will you?
6: Oh, Jack, stop
8: being so nervous and upset.
4: Why wouldn't I be upset? Nobody thinks of me. Phil has his own show. Dennis has his own show. My writers are still stranded on the gambling ship. (laughs) Stuck with a lousy quartet. This can go on week after week, month after month, year after year. That's radio for you. It's enough to drive a guy crazy.
8: Well, then why don't you quit?
4: I will not. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> Every year the same thing. Just a moment, but first, here is my good friend L.A. Speed Rake. L.A. 50!
1: Make no mistake. In a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Mr. Charles Jackson Gunter of Mount Airy, North Carolina, who has been an independent tobacco buyer for 53 years, said, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy tobacco that's really tops in smoking quality. Fine, ripe, smooth-smoking tobacco that pays off in extra smoking enjoyment. I've smoked Lucky's myself for 29 years. Independent tobacco experts like Mr. Gunter know that it takes fine tobacco to make a fine smoke. Yes, in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco means real deep-down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. LS MFT. L.S.M.F.T. Yes, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The famous tobacco auctioneers for Don tonight's programmer, Mr. L.A. Speedriggs of Goldsboro, North Carolina.
7: <laughs>
1: and Mr. F.E. Boone of Lexington, Kentucky. Basil <laughs> Rysdale speaking for Lucky Strike, the cigarette that means fine tobacco.
5: Hey, boss, are you
4: going out for dinner or are you going to stay home? No, I think I'll
5: go out. Oh, with Miss Livingston?
4: No, no, she said she was going to bed early. Well, I'll, I'll call up and get a date.
9: Hello? National Broadcasting Company. Hello, Mabel? No, this
4: is Gay uh, Oh, let me talk to
9: Mabel. I'm sorry,
4: she left. This you is left NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. KFI, Los Angeles, Earl C. Anthony, Incorporated.
0: Well, they got cut off there. They were running a little late, and they didn't get their final joke in. But I guess we can all imagine what that joke was. Interesting cast on The Jack Benny Show. Mel Blank, who was the voice of a million cartoons, most famous Bugs Bunny, is heard at the beginning. Uh, Phil Harris did uh, Baloo the Bear in Disney's 1968 animated feature, The Jungle Book. And uh, they also had the some great writers in the show, Milt Josephsberg and Hal Cantor. On last Thursday's episode, X-Minus-One, Parigi's Wonderful Dolls, I started talking about how I first started listening to old-time radio shows and why and how all that came about. And I took it up to probably the mid-70s, and then I kind of stopped, so I'm going to continue that right now. So if you didn't hear the beginning part of this, it'll give you a good excuse and a good reason to go over and listen to X-1, Parigi's Wonderful Dolls, from last Thursday's uh, science fiction broadcast, and I'll pick up from there, mentioning um, the, the writers of the Jack Benny program, Milt jo- Josephsberg and Hal Cantor, when I was... In my teens, I was a volunteer at Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters in Hollywood, which was an organization that was, in order to be a member, you had to be in radio for 25 years or more. That was the criteria for membership. So I didn't qualify. I was not a member, but I was allowed to work and help in the archives, uh, which were located in the basement of a bank. It's the corner of Sunset and Vine, and also at the monthly Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters luncheons, which were held at the Sportsman's Lodge, a famous restaurant which is now torn down in Studio City. And at these luncheons, they would have hundreds and hundreds of people there who were in radio, that was, as I said, the qualification. You had to be in radio for 25 years or more, and once a month they would all get together for lunch at the Sportsman's Lodge, and they would honor somebody. Uh, one one month it would be Edgar Bergen, one month it would be Fibonacci, McGee, one month it would be the great Gildersleeve. They had Ronald Reagan there. They had just any and every who's who of, of radio in the, the vocal side as well as all the production people and you could talk to them you could they were there you could you could meet them if you were not a member but were invited to a luncheon and you could get an invitation to go if you knew a member a member was always allowed to invite one or two people as their guest every month so outsiders were able to come in and Hal Cantor, who was one of the writers for the Jack Benny Show, was Master of Ceremonies many times and was uh, really good because these, these guys would get up and they would do basically stand-up comedy or roast the other performers, whoever was there on the dais. And it was like attending a a Friars Club roast or a, a Johnny Carson roast or whatever those things were, uh, but all for radio. They also had every th- once, I think it was the last, Thursday of the month, at their bank location at Sunset and Vine, you would go into the Home Savings building. I think it's called Chase Bank now, but back then it was Home Savings and Loan. You go into the elevator, go down the basement, and they had a archive down there with 275,000 radio transcriptions, all kinds of scripts, all kinds of photographs, everything on display. It was like a like a miniature underground museum, and the third. Thursday of every month, they would have what they called Nostalgia Night, and they would invite one person from Vintage Radio, the bigger name they could get the better, to come in and sit and answer questions and play excerpts of radio programs for the people who gathered there. And on an average night, you'd have around 50 to 100 people gathered into this small room uh, listening to the personal reminiscences of some of these great old-time radio people. There was also an organization called Spurdvac, which stood for, and that's spelled S-P-E-R-D-V-A-C, stood for Society to Preserve and Encourage Radio Drama Variety and Comedy. And they came along in 1975, founded by Jerry Hendigus and a few other people, and they would also hold monthly meetings. But to be a member of Spurdvac, you didn't have to be in radio for 25 years All you had to do was like old time radio or want to come. And those meetings were held out in the San Fernando Valley and they would have guests that they drew mainly from the PPB, or what's what we call Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters, mainly mainly drawn from that organization, who would come out and speak to the spurdvac membership, and you'd have anywhere from 50 to a couple hundred people at those meetings, and you could ask questions, and they would play little bits of shows and all that. So during all that time, which would have been about 1975 until I moved to southern Oregon in 1987, I was um, involved in all that on an almost weekly and or daily basis, depending on what we're talking about, because I would work in the archives at Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters on Monday, do the SpurdVac archives library the rest of the week, and attend the PPB luncheons and just immersed myself in all this old-time radio. So even though I didn't grow up listening to it, I got to meet many of the folks that were involved in it, from the sound effects men to the to the writers, producers, and of course, a lot of the voices and the celebrities that were involved with the shows. And it was a fun time. I left for Oregon in 1987. After I'd been in Oregon for a few years, there was a radio station in Medford, Oregon. And one of the people that worked at that radio station had heard from somebody somewhere that I had a large collection of vintage radio programs. And they got me on the phone and asked if I would be willing to do a Saturday and Sunday night, three-hour, it was 3 hours Saturday, three-hour Sunday, of old-time radio shows on that that station from Medford. And I did that from 1994 to, I think, 1997. It was two or three years. And then uh, the station sold off and I was no longer there. And I kind of walked away from everything and just did my regular business, which involves uh, the collecting, buying, and selling of vintage 78 RPM and 45 RPM records. And I still collected radio transcription discs and everything else. And it wasn't until fairly recently when a young listener who had heard my show in Southern Oregon when he was a kid approached me. He's now working at a uh, Christian radio station in Medford, Oregon, and said, "Hey, you want to do the old-time radio shows again?" And I thought, "Well, all right, it's been 30 years. Let's try it and see how it goes." And apparently, you guys like it cuz there's more and more of you listening every week, and that's great. And that's what we want to do here is continue to keep these things going, keep the the shows alive in people's minds and memories, and we're going to keep doing that as long as we find an audience for it. So, That is it for the good old days of radio show for today. I think that answers that question. We'll be back uh, Thursday with another science fiction show and then back again next Tuesday with another drama, variety, or comedy show. Until then, this is John Tuffteller saying goodnight. (laughs)